Welcome to another edition of Sounding Board. Uh, without wishing to betray our professional exterior, this is about the 18th time that we tried to set this up. Um, we have actually got another episode that we haven't got out yet, which will hopefully have audio and video. Hopefully we'll have audio and video for you too as well. Um, so thanks for joining us. We hopefully are going to be on YouTube, uh, but we're certainly going to be on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, and your favorite podcast app. Uh, Nick, uh, thanks for joining me again uh, this evening for the umpteenth time. Hopefully, this will work this time. I'm going to do this. Um, I thought we'd talk about COVID 19 again uh, because you were right last week. It is the only game in town. Um, so, I thought we'd tackle that from a couple of, couple of different angles that we perhaps haven't done before. Um, I'd like to start off with getting a little bit scientific and just telling you the difference because I only only with some research recently uh, I found out the difference between COVID-19 and the coronavirus so and I was unaware of this so detail this again for me yeah okay so um in in uh, in Wuhan in China um last year 2019 uh, there was like an outbreak of these kind of, uh, of people with respiratory issues um you know kind of pneumonia and such like and they traced that back to a coronavirus, uh, which is very, very similar to SARS. In fact, it is another SARS, uh, SARS virus. Uh, so, which is, uh, I, it's severe acute SARS-CoV two. They're called yeah, it. severe acute respiratory syndrome, which is which is SARS. Yeah, um, and yeah, they were calling it SARS-CoV two. Um, so that was that's the virus that causes. COVID-19. Now, COVID-19, so the CO is uh, from corona, VI for from virus, and D is disease. Now, that's the difference. So COVID-19, obviously, right. with, with 19. COVID-19 is the severe respiratory issues that you get or you may get after having the coronavirus. So you can have the coronavirus. Uh, it will just be like a normal, you know, normal flu, not very many symptoms, and you don't necessarily have to get COVID-19. Um but I believe COVID nineteen is is a, it's a severe thing that you can get. Um, so that's that's the difference between between the two. And I didn't yes. I didn't know that until until recently. I I was unaware of that. I, I was aware of the WHO saying right, we're giving this thing a name now, and we're calling it COVID nineteen, and uh, and it was all about coming up with something that was you know easy to spell and pronounce in as many languages as possible. And obviously, yeah, the nineteen was because it started in. I don't think it was December, wasn't it, uh, last year? Um, uh, but uh, but I was unaware that the virus itself was was different. And I, so I'm, actually, yeah, I'm 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 not entirely sure whether everyone who gets coronavirus will get COVID nineteen to varying degrees, or whether it's just the the severe stuff is COVID nineteen. But it's, so it's that's definitely certainly worth checking two. out. Um, so actually, though, again, you're falling into the same trap that I was, which is you're just saying coronavirus not even specifically the coronavirus that may lead to COVID-19. And so this is where, again, in some of the uh, scientific stuff that I've read, it has been referred to as SARS-CoV-2, SARS-CoV-2, which I think is the name of the coronavirus. Is that right? Or Uh, again, is... is because the disease again, that's the one with the with the D in it. <laughs> yeah, so it was it was severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus two, which was abbreviated to SARS CoV two, uh, and that yes. was identified as the cause of the outbreak uh, of respiratory issues. But, in Wuhan. but the point is, 
there are a number of coronaviruses. This isn't the first one. SARS is one. MERS is another. The Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome. Far bit from us to name a, a, a virus after a region or area on the globe. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're not, you know, we're not, um, we're not talking about uh, the the disease when we talk about those. Those are the, well, again, I suppose, the, again, here's, here's me making up as I go along. Calling something a syndrome, that's not the same as it being a virus either, is it? it yeah, surely the syndrome is, again, what, what the virus causes. Um, so whatever it is, it's common parlance now. And I've been trying to say COVID-19 because I've been thinking I've been clever and trying to separate it out from other coronaviruses, not least of which when there are some other new coronavirus comes out in a year or two's time and there's another pandemic. Um, I don't want us to go, oh, it's coronavirus again, when it's something entirely different. Um, but there are there are these known coronaviruses. Um, and uh, I, I think these are these ones that can affect animals and birds as well is that right mammals and Bird, birds birds and mammals are coronaviruses yeah so i think but it's, it's also the, uh, it's a coronavirus is something that causes respiratory issues in birds and or mammals i believe i think that's that's, right. that's, that's what a coronavirus yeah, is yeah and certainly they're talking about this one having jumped from humans to um sorry from animals the other way around yeah exactly exactly um, but that happened with bird flu, and uh, it's that's that's not exactly that's not that's not that uncommon. And this was the other problem I remember when the last bird flu bird flu scare, when they kept talking about H five N one. H five N one is a designation of a virus at a particular stage, and and so again to say this is H five N one H five N one the H five yeah you got got infected by H five N one. That's just as stuffed, and it's just the media love to um, just hook on to a term, don't they? Whatever it is, and and the scarier it sounds, the the better, obviously. Um, and and there's just another example of where they just don't quite get it, um, and uh, and how the term just just goes off on one. Now it's just all about coronavirus, yeah. Um, and 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 it's not even it's not it's not said in plural it's just said coronavirus coronavirus is now a term a bit like <laughs> um a bit like no deal <laughs> it's just coronavirus well this is because of coronavirus because of the coronavirus because of lots of uh, the lots of coronavirus because of the coronavirus pandemic because of the government's response to the pandemic no it's all just coronavirus brexit no deal I think I think now they're tending to use COVID nineteen a bit more. I mean, certainly for since they? Uh, the corporate press, the um, uh, legacy media, uh, I th- I'm seeing COVID nineteen a lot more than I, in, in the first probably couple of months of to, to maybe even until March, it was all yeah. about coronavirus. I think in the last kind of couple of weeks or so, it's been more about COVID nineteen. Um, Okay, I'm going mean, to try and this to is, consume it, as little legacy media as I can. Yeah, of course. And this is and the the issue with the issue with this particular coronavirus is that it's it you're highly infectious for a few days before you get any symptoms at all, which yes. is so with the last SARS, the last coronavirus scare that we had, which was SARS, which is again similar to this because this is another SARS virus. You weren't infectious to start off with, and you weren't. You, you actually get the symptoms, and you're infectious for. I think it was like after 24 or 48 hours after getting the symptoms. So it's yes. really easy to isolate people. People, you get the symptoms, you'd rush to hospital or whatever, get isolated. You wouldn't infect anybody. 
with this one now, you're infecting people for a good few days before seeing any symptoms whatsoever, which is why it's 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 a lot easier to, to spread around. In in that respect, it's an incredibly good virus, isn't it? It's if, not it's not actually killing that many people compared to the number of people that it infects. And we're gonna learn about this more over the coming weeks and months, aren't we, when they do more tests. I've read that uh, um, they've been working at good old Porton Down um, on initially 800 test results as a representative sample across the country. Obviously, 800 is a drop in the ocean. Um, But then uh, I think a lot of these test kits that the government are buying, uh, my understanding, and quite rightly, is to get a representative sample of the entire population in order to see how many people have actually had this. This is the antibody test, okay? So this is different from the antigen test. The antigen test is the one to show you've got it. The antibody test is uh, to show that you've built the antibodies to fight it off, and so you've had it. And so if it turns out that 40, 50, 60% of the country have had it, then you're reaching levels of herd immunity at that point. And actually, it turns out then, if you start plotting the number of deaths versus the number of people who had it, that it's absolutely tiny. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to me, that's the, that's the important test, is whether we can, whether we can fight it off. Um, and, and like you say, whether, whether a certain number of people have had it already. So I, I note that on the Twitter, uh, you follow Hector Drummond. Yes, of course. well, we mentioned him in the, in the last podcast. He's uh, he's one yes. of the, he's one of the, uh, the libertarian drinks mob. Um, oh, have you met him? Uh, no, no, I've only been to one of these uh, libertarian drinks, right. but um, I've, I've been I've been con- you know, having conversations with him for for a long time. He has he so he compiles government statistics, right? This is stuff from like the Office of National Statistics. Yeah, and and, and there are, there are readers from his blog who help him as well, who've, who've kind of given him some data and, and produce these graphs and, and all sorts. I know of they've been helping making the graphs and stuff as well. Yeah, um, and we've only just reached in the last week or the last week's worth of figures. We've only just reached the point of being in terms of the number of respiratory deaths so far this year to the five year last five year average. That's yeah, right, we're it? we're above it by like two or something. We're in, we're we're within like a margin but of error. It's an average, of course. <laughs> it's, exactly, it's, it's an average. Now, I mean, I obviously have some sympathy from the concept that had we not taken these steps, that deaths might be a lot higher, and it's gonna it's gonna be difficult to unpick what would have happened. This is this is this is this is like this with every forecast, isn't it? It's oh well, um, thank God we we did all these things. Um, but actually, you don't know what would have happened if you hadn't done them. Uh, and and this is why it's interesting to look at other countries. I've not been following it that closely, but I'm aware that um, Sweden haven't quite had the same uh, stringent lockdown um, that, that we have over here and that other countries have. But And then there also people are talking about some of the other um, uh, Middle Eastern countries uh, and Far Eastern countries that are now starting to impose things again or for the first time, because it's actually starting to flare up again. They initially only had a very, very small number of deaths and instances, and they you know, praised at the way that they've dealt with it. But actually, it's starting to flare up again now, isn't it? And this, this isn't a some-second peak. This is just it kind of 
almost starting properly, I think, in, in those countries. And there's, so, there's, there's been I, evidence to suggest that shutting schools isn't making a difference as well. Um, so we still we still don't really know how much of a difference we're, we're making. I mean, the, the, they've set themselves up so that if there, are, if there are lots of deaths, they can say, well, look, this is why we had these stringent lockdown procedures. And if there yeah. aren't any, they can say, well, it's because we did all this stuff and to keep you safe. Uh, so they, they, they've, they've set themselves up in such a way that they can't, they can't be proven wrong. Do you think it's that simple? Do you think this is win-win for for the government and those that support that that way of working? Um, I think I think from that point of view, it is from an authoritarian point of view, it is win-win. I think from an economical point of view, it's so. This is this is where, and I, I, I tweeted this earlier. I'm getting genuinely black pilled about the economy at the moment. I am genuinely worried about the state that Britain is going to be in uh, in a few weeks' time if we carry on with this lockdown. We're, we're, it's just, there's this, I keep thinking, that you do remember that? There's a, there's a quote from Adam Smith that he says, there's a great deal of ruin in a nation. Um, so I've always been quite upbeat about, you know, even if, for example, the, the, we have like a Labour government or whatever, or, um, or the Conservatives, you know, will as, as they're getting kind of more and more socialist, they're doing more and more things that are bad for the economy but there's you know there's britain and other nations can take a lot one thing nations can't do is if they are forcibly stopped if the economy is just shut down like it's happening right now and you know 65 million people are effectively under house arrest that is how you fast track that that ruin um, so yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely worried about the number of businesses that are going to go under, the people who just can't cope. And when an economy fails, really, really bad things happen, you know, really bad. You know, violence goes up, crime, alcoholism, homelessness, starvation, despair, suicide rates go up. And There's a lot of death comes with poverty. And how do you think Britain is going to pay for the NHS, for example, um, once the economy fails? You know, how, how many people are not going to get the treatment that they need because we can't, just can't afford it, or we just don't have the money. So, all these things, and and, and it just it annoys me um, that even asking the question, "Is this the right thing to do?" is is frowned upon. Um, yeah. you, can't, you can't you can't even ask the question. Have you done the analysis on on what happens after two weeks, four weeks, six weeks of stalled economy, and how do you get back from that? Of of all the times to to want to have. Uh, a robust discussion on what we should be doing to make sure that we do the right thing. You'd think it would be now, but there is this ah oh, groupthink, for want of a better term. Uh, this has become uh, well, and, and the, you know the um, certainly at the moment the opinion polls show massive support. Um, I think I last week. When's that going to slip? But the point is, is that there is there is overwhelming support for the current the current view, isn't there? I'm going, to, I'm going to take that further. I think it's gone beyond groupthink. I think it's almost reaching hysteria. Um, right. It's almost it's almost collective hysteria where everyone is just so scared um, that they're just begging the government to take their rights away. And to but this is what we talked about last time, isn't it? This is what we talked about last time. Is this, this, and, I, and I mentioned that uh, that blog post I read uh, talking about how we've outsourced risk, uh, not not. Us, us deliberately, but the uh, the establishment has taken away risk from us in the name of looking after us. And so, when there's a genuine risk that they can't deal with, 
where we feel helpless and we and we reach for the for the, for the, for the people for the organizations for the state in order to actually try and solve that problem for us even if they physically can't do it and they have um, to do they have to do something something yeah. must be done this is something we'll we'll do this uh, that that's that's as far as it gets and, and another thing that that, that kind of strikes me as being a, a bit nuts is, is that, you know, the people who are most vocal about, for example, Brexit harming the economy. Um, yeah. Obviously, I disagree with them, but the people who are most vocal about that, these are the ones who are shouting the loudest about, about harming the shutting economy. down the economy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, completely. Right. I'm going to pick you up on that term, though, now. Okay. Um, I, I, put out, I put out a tweet uh, because... Which term? The term... The uh, the term society came back up again after some comments that Boris made. Uh, what we're talking about here is the uh, the Thatcher quote that's always taken out of context. Oh, uh, that's that's, that's no that's, such it's, thing it's, as society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they only that's, that's all that's all they say. They don't give the the full quote. Um, no, exactly. But I don't think there's anything. There's no, let me rephrase that. There's no such thing as the economy. Okay. Right. Okay. So because how do you... I think you're, I think you're falling into the same trap. That same trap. There, there, there is an aggregation of the actions of all of the people in any given area, uh, and whether they are making financial transactions or not, or trades or just living. And you, you, know, you went into it in a better way, better way earlier. You started saying, you know, I feel sorry for people who you know might lose their business or their livelihoods or whatever, 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 and suffer and poverty. Is that the 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 economy? We talk about the economy, and 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 we're guilty of this, but it's certainly very much a, uh, a, a in common parlance in government in the media. We talk about the economy like it's an entity, and we talk about the economy like it's something that has to be sustained for everyone's good, and and even for its own good, in a sense. Yes. Yeah, so, so there is a. The, the, the fact that it has to grow or that it has to be a certain size um, and, and because otherwise the economy will suffer. And it, a classic Keynesian um, uh, view is the, you know, the, the, the ditch diggers followed by the ones filling in the ditch because that's the economy. The economy is still moving then. I've got someone digging a hole and I've got someone filling into the economy. Yay! But it's fake, you know. And so I don't like the term the economy because of, what it conjures up with that, and the fact that it actually ignores the individuals in and, these situations. Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe maybe we need to come up with another term that that, that, that defines the the you know that it, it, that it's all about these individuals and not the not the collective. Um, it's it's it is the economy is a collectivist term, and what I, what I don't like as well is that you can have you know you can have for example a small portion of the population doing extraordinarily well. And the economy is seen to be going up, but if everybody else is in poverty yes. or not doing well, then you know it, it's well. It's, we're not in a recession, we, yeah, only because these people are, are making lots of money. You can get that. You can get that with cartels and with kind of far right heavy regulation and that kind of stuff. You yeah. know, the, the economy can still effectively you know do okay, but everyone is everyone's in poverty. Well, what you're highlighting there is that GDP. Is a terrible measure. Well, of well yeah, that's 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 even GDP is awful. That's worse. I mean, you only have to look at GDP during like wars and stuff, and you think, oh, yeah, GDP is fine. It's up. Yeah. Yes, but which which is why when you talk about the economy, you talk about the economy shrinking. The only measure we have for measuring the the economy is GDP, 
uh, and it's 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 completely false. But certainly, uh, what I fear, coming back to your point about um, being being black pilled, uh, what I fear is, is I'm sure the same as you, uh, which is that businesses are going to shut, they're going to struggle to start again. If this, if the lockdown isn't undone like that, and no one's saying it will, it's well, you know, only the. There's not a lot of talk about coming out of this the other side, but the only talk that is there is about a phased, slow progression. And in fact, they're already getting out the uh, um, uh, the lowering of expectations, talking about six months, a year, 18 months in order to get a vaccine. And this idea that we, sh- we should all hide under our beds until there's a vaccine, I think is just utterly, utterly ludicrous. And I think you're right when you talk about hysteria. But I think also, I, I wonder when the turning point is for a majority or a sizable minority, for a significant portion of the population, who just decide, this is just ridiculous and we have to move on and actually start defying these laws and these regulations. Uh, and hope that it, as if enough people do it, then the state can't do anything about it because there's too many people, um, you know, causing these uh, these infractions. Yeah, I mean, thinking about thinking about things like a like a phased approach. I mean, it's it's difficult to say what would whether, for example, a phased approach would be. I mean, a phased approach where the complete lockdown that we're under now ends very quickly and they just tell people to keep two metres away or six foot away or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that ends earlier. So maintain like, social distancing. Maintain social distancing, allowed, but you can still open your shops and, and all that kind of thing. That, that to me, would be preferable than, than a longer period of lockdown. Um, but then it, just, like, compl- it completely ends. Um, but but no, nobody, nobody knows, really. No. Um, well, and all the media are talking about this week, which will betray when we recorded this, depending on when we got it out, uh, is the fact that um, Boris, who we haven't actually mentioned by name or even by position yet, um, uh, is still in um, uh, intensive care, although apparently he's you know, sitting up. He's, he's basically there because they obviously want to make sure he absolutely doesn't get any worse. He's on oxygen, but not a ventilator. Um, and all the media care about, it's like an episode of 24 or West Wing, all they care about is who's in charge. And they finally managed to beat out of number 10 the equivalent of an order of succession, haven't they? Have you seen this today? Um, where you've got, obviously, Dominic Raab at the top, who's the foreign secretary, who looks like a rabbit in the headlights. He, he is not ready for this at all. I mean, I totally sympathise, but he is... He is not ready for this. He at is, all. but he did run to be prime minister, so I don't have that much sympathy for him. He wanted, oh, no. he wanted that job, you oh, know. Himself. Absolutely, and again, um, I've said this to you many times. He's he's one of those people that, when was a junior minister, I I put a little little star next to his name because you know that at the very least he wants to go all the way to the top. Uh, in the same way that um, I, I put a, um, not. Well, which one, David? I, I I thought from you know wanted. Oh to yes, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you when think he was? In, you're talking about Hunt? When he, uh, no, when uh, so the people the people on my list. I like this diversion. This is good. This is something a bit different. So the people on my list, and this list goes back you know a decade or more or whatever. 
So David Miliband gave some TV interview just in on a Sunday morning when he was like a junior education minister. And I was like, you are going to run to be the leader of the Labour Party. Absolutely. You you want to be Blair like I've, I've never seen. Um, Jeremy Hunt, I, is, he, he's on the list, but I more more that I hoped that he would run because I because I could just tell that he was this consummate professional politician, a bit Teflon, a, excellent debater, um, and and very 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 quietly ambitious. But again, you could just about see it there. And again, he's run. Um, uh, my my latest absolute win on this score is Keir Starmer. And I remember listening to him on the Today programme when he was Director of Public Prosecutions. And obviously, they're announced, Dan, now here we have on the line, Keir Starmer, Director of Public Prosecutions. And they're not saying he's a member of the Labour Party or he's a massive lefty or anything like this. He's the Director of Public Prosecutions. This is a, this is a public appointment. This is someone who's apolitical. And I heard him speak for the first time ever. And I absolutely you know, put, it, put him down on my list as not only running for the Labour Party, but then also running for leadership and absolutely wanting to be leader one day. And and there his path has continued. Rob has been on that list as well from, from a Tory, uh, Tory party perspective. Um, but uh, yeah, interesting little diversion. But yeah, yeah. I, I just I, th- I think it's funny that the Labour Party have had more leaders called Keir than they have women. <laughs> I'd not put that together at all. But that is fantastic. Yeah, they yeah. still can't bring it upon themselves to. I mean, they, they didn't have white blokes called Keir. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy, isn't it? But uh, yeah, so the order of succession we've got uh, Dominic Raab, Rishi Sunak, who's the Chancellor, Commander Sunak, uh, and then um, Gove, I believe, is next on the list. Albeit he's now self-isolating um, because uh, one assumes his wife um, has uh, symptoms. He said it's because someone in his household. Um, uh, his wife is uh, Sarah Vine, the, the journalist. So assume it's her. Um, but uh, there's a, the thing is, they've given the proper US style list. I mean, in the US, it's constitutional. There's a list um, of uh, of the order of succession, which goes president, vice president, speaker of the house, senate pro tem, and 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 on from there. Yeah, um, they've I mean- like hastily produced this list, which. Without a written constitution, we we don't we don't have. But at the same time, we have a completely different system. We have a parliamentary system. Um, well, so this this is this is the Queen exactly. Ask, that's that's the difference. Commands the um, the support of the uh, of the majority of the House of Commons, and that's her Prime Minister. See that that's that's the difference because the President is the head of state, whereas the Prime Minister isn't. So we can easily get another head of state. Um, but so the, there is the head of state and the head of the government, whereas the prime minister is only the head of the government. Yeah, exactly. So whereas if if, if for example, uh, there were so if the queen has an operation, she has to go under general anaesthetic. Uh, then there's a there's obviously there's, there's a list of people who are in who are head of state while she becomes her, you know her heir. <laughs> Yeah, correct. Um, but but that's a, so you know we have we have the list for her because she's the head of state, but we don't have it for the we don't have it for the for the although we do now for the uh, for the for the prime minister. Um, have you heard some of the other things? Some of the other dar just just 
moving on slightly, have you heard some of the other daft things they were talking about? So I believe it was Matt, Matt Hancock who said... Uh, health he, Secretary. Yeah, Health Secretary Matt Hancock, who said that he's he now knows or he's, he's known about two people who have died from COVID-19. I heard um, about this, and he want, he's he's been he's been toying with banning exercise outside. So Which is ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Ha, I mean, for for one, if you're going for if you're going for a run on your own and you're nowhere near anybody, what harm are you doing? Two, I think even if you're sat in the middle of a field having a picnic and you're nobody near anybody, that that's also fine. But that's not what the police think. Yeah, or sunbathing or or whatever. Yeah, you're not you're not doing anybody any harm. But this is. It's a, it's a respiratory issue. Everybody should be encouraged to do cardiovascular activity and to build up their their fitness. Let alone to, so that they can they can tackle these things when they get them. I'm trying to think what I what I saw. And I'm thinking, in fact, I think it was a police force tweeting, or it may be a police commissioner or something like that. Certainly, something local government ish. And it, it literally said. Just stay at home. Just sit on your sofa. It actually, actually said that. And, but you see, I think we're going to end up with a we're going to hold generation with rickets. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, we're only allowed one hour a day anyway, and even then, people. Uh, are, no, uh, 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 uh. have you read the law? Apparently not. It's not one hour. There's no time limit. The police are stopping people and saying one hour, but there is nothing in the law. Right, because that one that hour. one hour came out of Boris Just Johnson's because- speech. I think, yeah, I think, and Gove echoed it as well when asked what reasonable was, and uh, and he said, oh, I don't know, an hour. Um, there is nothing in the law that says anything about the length of time. I have I've copied a, a subsection of this with all of the exceptions in it, and I've sent it to a number of people. For example, people I know that go on you know long bike rides and stuff like that. And I'm just like, have this ready, okay? Because if you get challenged by the police, you need to be able to say, hang on a minute, but the law says this. Far be it from, you know, police officers to know the law. Surely that's their one and only job. What they're doing is going based on some speeches, whereas the law was passed after these speeches, and the law is the law. So if you could if you could uh, either copy that or put links, we'll have that on the bottom of this episode so that anyone Absolutely. who listens now uh, can have access to that information and they can print that out and get it laminated and slap it on the forehead of the it, police exactly. officer that books them. <laughs> and, and this is where I think it's far be it for me to, um, to talk about the importance of, of the system. But if we're going to, if we can just agree on the rule of law for a moment, <laughs> then Let's actually follow it and the way it should be followed. I mean, I'm, I, I actually think it's astounding. And I mentioned this, I think, in a previous episode. Like, it's absolutely astounding that the budget just got waved through. That these laws just got basically waved through as well. We now have no functioning um, uh, legislature at all. No opposition, uh, for sure. Well, I, I mean, the timing, obviously, of the Labour leadership election meant that there was no effective opposition all the way from the last general election. Um, uh, and what a fast that, that election has, has been, uh, the, the leadership election. But now, now Keir Starmer's there, at least you've got someone who can throw a census together uh, and, uh, and, and not look completely like a clown. Um, but at the same time, 
he's got he's got quite the fight on his hands, hasn't he? Keir Starmer has now got to try and unpick as much of what Jeremy Corbyn, John McDonnell, and Diane Abbott have done to the Labour Party leadership structures as he possibly can. You know, now that it's been stacked in favour of momentum, which is now split, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, and the and these other proper hard left factions, um, he's got a massive fight on his hands now, hasn't he, to try and restore some sense of the old order <laughs> of uh, which was actually you know, the old order new of new Labour, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, having said that, if if it was me. Uh, then I potentially would ignore all of that and just get on TV as much as possible. If if, if I was Keir Starmer right now, and I would just try to look like uh, the leader that you should have, while Boris is is not there. Um, well, he needs now, to, he needs to look like a leader in waiting, which Jeremy Corbyn never did. No, and obviously some might be advising him. You cannot go out there while Boris is in intensive care. Uh, And I think that's obviously a fine PR judgment to make there, fine line to be drawn on on exactly what you should do there. Um, But personally, what what the hell has he got to lose to to go out there and actually hold the government to account? Yeah, and I think he could go out there and and not just say... And be very magnanimous about about wishing Boris well. Totally. That would make him him look good, I think. Uh, Totally. And... And, but and also the whole holding the, the government to account thing needs to not be um, oh well, they haven't got enough masks you know PPE or whatever it is um, it, it needs to be more it needs to be more than that it needs to not be you're doing exactly what we want you're just not doing it quite as well as we would if he makes it managerialism then I think there's that he's on a hiding to nothing. Um, this is where there needs to be genuine op- opposition, but at the moment, genuine opposition is only being um, being provided by people uh, by a very small number of of, of of journalists and people who aren't in the public eye, um, who are actually questioning whether or not this is a good idea or not. But they're not doing it um, in the press conferences and, uh, and and any 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 government department or anything anything statewide at all. Well, the, the difficulty is, I guess, as well, is that. The Tories are doing basically what Labour would have done. So how do how do Labour oppose without becoming the Tories? It's it's you know they're, they're, yeah. it's 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 not a, it's not an easy. I mean, the, the Tories should never be doing this in the first place. I think is is it, it, what should you know what should be happening. It's it's crazy. If Keir Starmer wanted to win back some of the red wall voters, then he should be making it about the economy. Yeah, so and, and, saying, and about civil liberties, and because uh, the, well, the, these heaven people... forbid the Labour Party, he- heaven forbid that the Her Majesty's opposition should be a party of civil liberties again. It's yeah, I mean, it, so it always it always used to be, and even even when Labour was hard left, like back in the eighties, they were still pretty good with civil liberties. Uh, it's kind of you know back in the day when you know when you know when people like Corbyn and McDonnell and you know Scargill and Michael Foot and stuff were around, they were still they were still very hot on civil liberties at that point. Certainly better than the Tories were. But yeah, you're right. Latterly, they've just gone they've just gone absolutely out the window. So yeah. do, do you um why do you think why do you think people are 
so keen for this to happen, you know, for, for the lockdown and, and everything. Sheeple. Because I, I, I've, I've, I've got a few ideas. I, I, I definitely think there's an element of hysteria there. People are getting hy- hysterical and they, they're, they're just demanding that something must be done. I think people want to be led. Be yeah. People want to be led. Um, I think they they can't think for themselves. Um, I think that the the government has quite successfully used the media to generate um, to generate that hysteria, um, and I think that there is only a very tiny minority of people that are um, are breaking the rules. Um, uh, and it's very easy for the media then to go, look, people aren't doing it, people aren't doing it, and and that then yeah, generates a bit more fear when the government says, oh, well, we might have to impose something harder. Um, well, yeah, and then there are so I think I think it's Cambridgeshire Constabulary have got there's like an area on their website where you can shop in your neighbours for yep. having you know more than one run per day or whatever, and it's just I've had this discussion with some people, and I. I'm obviously very much of the opinion that I I would never shop anyone. Okay, N- do what you like. Okay, it, in, unless you're coming in, in, in yeah, coming coming at me with COVID nineteen <laughs> and you're coughing at me, that's the only time I'm going to say right back off. But if you invite someone around your house or if you go for a second run or whatever, I might have an opinion that you're stupid for doing so. I might have an opinion that you should be following the government guidance. I might think the government guidance is right, but what I can't stand is the idea um, of of getting the police on people. Um, well, it's it's, it's yeah, it's 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 nineteen eighty four. It's it's you know, it's it's getting everyone to shop each other in. It's it's like the GDR yes. in, in you know in, in the eighties. Um, yeah, everyone's now an informant and. Um, I don't know. There's something. Uh, this is very sinister. But this, I don't, I don't. Is this? Is this the innate libertarian in me? But I, uh, or, or is it something to do with our upbringing or an experience I've had? Um, but I have an intrinsic hatred of the idea of being a grass, <laughs> of being a snitch. I don't know whether it's something I've watched. I don't know whether it's something I've been specifically taught i can't i can't think of it but it makes me very very uncomfortable the idea of telling on someone well it was the it was the worst thing in the world when when certainly when we were kids it was the it was the worst thing in the world for you to be was it the term grass when we were yeah i I think i think i think i used to i think i used to use the term the term grass and that was that was worse than actually doing you know doing it it was yeah if you if you shopped in your 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 and and it was you you were ostracized if you shopped in someone that you hated you know it didn't didn't matter it didn't matter you couldn't you know it it could have been your arch enemy but they were your school colleague and you just don't shop them in and and that they were the rules that was it you know, yeah, um, you, were, yeah. you were shunned and avoided, um, or, or beaten up, or worse, if you, you know, if you, you grasp somebody up, that was dob yeah, card. Do- if you if you dob them in, that's 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 another word, dobbing. That I think that wasn't that that. So I, I don't remember that. Well, I think that was from like neighbours. I think that's an Australian term that, that wasn't really around when I was a kid uh, as much. Okay, yeah. okay, that might have come in more my teenage years. Yeah. So I've got this other theory as well. In that I think I think people just believe, and this is it's the same as with I guess any kind of socialist policy. People just believe that the money is out there. 
um, and it just needs to be yeah. seized yeah. from the wealthy. They, they, they've got enough money for, for us all. They've got more than enough money. So we, even if we have this lockdown for three months, we need to, need to take it from them and everything will all be fine. You know, they're not, they don't understand that wealth is often tied up, you know, in, in, in company shares and, and all sorts. And you can't just extract billions from, uh, you even know, from ignoring Gates. that, even ignoring the fact that, yeah, Bill Gates can throw $7 billion at this um, to try and come up with a vaccine as quick as, quick, as quick as possible. And yay, he's doing that. Um, even if you're literally taking their money just to give to people. Um, what what they don't get, and again, this is an understanding, and again, I've been trying to avoid using the term economy here. I've just been using the term the world. People don't understand how the world works. And they don't understand a supply chain. And the fact that the, with the division of labor, the supply chains are now massively complicated. Uh, they are global. Um, and this idea of key workers, oh, it drives me insane. The idea that that a specific subset of professions, of companies, of organisations, of workers should be should be deemed more important than others when there's this interconnected system between them all. You you cannot say that the you know the the the, the nurse and doctor, you know, the NHS in quotes, our NHS is the most important thing without recognising that um, the, the, the chair manufacturer is quite important because they need chairs to sit on or the person hospital who beds. mops the floors. Or exactly, the person who makes the hospital beds. And, of course, what they've done is they have, they, they've they created actually a fairly broad list of, of key workers, which does include, for example, um, IT and infrastructure and telecoms. You know, I'm classed as a key worker in this because I'm maintaining... Um, uh, internet infrastructure, which actually is absolutely being used more heavily right now by businesses uh, and by these other key worker professions, by schools, trying to keep going. Um, but I, I have a real problem creating this division. Um, I'm actually, I'm halfway through writing a blog post specifically about this. I've just been trying to frame it just so. Because what you see out there, and you must see this as well on social media, um, the, uh, the the hero status given certainly to you know doctors and nurses, people on the front line, and all of the all the war metaphors and battle metaphors and fighting metaphors are now out in force. By everyone is using them, um, but what you see is people almost competing to come up with the right list in the right priority order. Um, of uh, of professions and sectors that are important, and so I've seen people drawing pictures now of different people, and they've they've, made, they've included the bin men in this one, you know, because the bin men's important. It's like, it's like someone's just realised. But um, I, I've been saying for weeks now, um, isn't it quite important that we, you know, the people who work at the water companies and the electricity companies and things like that? You know, I, I think they're quite important. Let alone, I think you put out a tweet the other day. So let's all clap for Waitrose because well, they're providing us food. Well, yes, yeah, so no I, one talks about that. It's, diff- it's difficult to imagine a condition that you could be in where you're you're going to die from lack of healthcare more than lack of food. Yeah, you'd have to be on on absolute death's door. Um, yes, you've got you to know. be in intensive care at that point. Yeah, yeah. But you see, I, this this concept of of, of calling of, of naming certain people as heroes, um, and 
I am not for any second saying that those people who are, um, I, well, again, for want of any other term, frontline nurses and doctors that are physically putting themselves at risk of contracting the virus more than others. Of course, they deserve our respect. They deserve our thanks. They are doing their job. This is kind of what they do. Um, But the idea that we shouldn't celebrate the business owners, let alone, frankly, everyone who plays their part in this interconnected system we have that we call the economy, we're going to need everyone to get this back up and running again and we're certainly going to need the people who are willing to take risks and there's a danger that actually this is going to put off people from taking risks and so the entrepreneurs are going to be a bit a bit more cautious about either borrowing money to get back up and running again so you don't uh, mind that term now entrepreneurs yeah i'm using it so that everyone else understands If you were to replace it with the word I'm really thinking, it wouldn't come across as quite the most positive way. But those people willing to take a risk and start a business, um, that's where we're going to come out of this. The people who are tending those in hospital are the people that are, are most in view right now. But actually, we've all been benched. And that's a serious problem. And the very moment that that we can start, or in quotes, working again, um, we're going to need a, again, for want of a term, collective effort here. Every single person is going to have to work hard to try and get us out of the of the of the mess we're in. And I, and I, I I couldn't care less about GDP or anything like that. What I care about is people being able to have a job. Uh, that earns them enough money to look after themselves and their families uh, and allows them to do some of the things that they want to do. Just, yeah, just going back, I mean, I don't disagree with that at all. Just going back to you're talking about, um, you know, people uh, bigging up healthcare workers and you yeah. know, those on the front lines. What I really hate at the moment, because every, everybody, everybody I know, and, and I know some pretty hardcore libertarians, um, everybody I know is, you know, is all in favour of, of these people and these individuals who are putting themselves at risk. What they dislike is the NHS, and there's somehow this is it, even more than ever in that people are bigging up the NHS. No, the NHS is rubbish. Those individuals doing their jobs really well are fantastic. Of course they are, but the NHS itself, the NHS hasn't given them enough. You know, support hasn't given them given them the right equipment. Um, you know, it's it's the NHS is awful. Shouldn't we blame? Shouldn't we blame the purchasing department? <sighs> it's for yeah. not buying enough equipment and sourcing it. I, I, no, I, I obviously I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, the the idea that we should be applauding the it's not even the anymore. There is it is our NHS um, that. Uh, are other countries out applauding their social insurance systems, their, you know, their, their, their medical insurance systems, because their hospitals? If if we were, if we were clapping at eight o'clock for doctors and nurses and healthcare professionals, that would be one thing. And I'm sure that a lot of those people in those professions do feel a sense of solidarity from people showing their support on that. But that's just become that's just become the ultimate virtue signal, hasn't it? Now you stand outside and you look around and you see who else in your street 
has come out to clap and you make a note of all the people who haven't. And that's what it's become, isn't it? It's yeah, it's crazy, and like I say, I, I don't mind. I don't mind clapping for individuals doing doing their bit, and but clapping for the NHS—that's just yeah, that's ridiculous. Isn't this though? Um, and, and we did speak about this in I think our last pre-lockdown um, edition. The the idea that um, that this is the uh, you know the ultimate way that you know, Boris can be the um, be the ultimate centrist. Oh yeah. Um, is, is this also, are they seeing this, whether it's intentional or not, it's just the way it goes, that the vehicle for this is the NHS. I mean, it's like it's like they're, it's like all their Christmases have, have come at once, isn't it? It's that not only do we get to control the economy in such a way and shut things down and be as authoritarian as possible, but we get to do it by bigging up the NHS. And I mean, that's very, that's a very cynical view <laughs> of mine. But yeah. the idea that we come out with this what, to a point where it will be almost against the law. I can almost see this being a bit like the um, the laws in Germany um, For Holocaust against denial. Holocaust denial. Yeah, this is the way I can see this going. At the very least, there will be a social shunning the, re- the replacement for if you're a grass will be if you in any way, shape or form badmouth the NHS in future. If we could take something from Germany, though, it would be their healthcare system because yes. it's far better. And, it, and at the moment, it is outperforming the NHS. Uh, yep, um, absolutely. Because, because it's not as it's it's not a, a big central bureaucracy like, like, like ours. And, is. And, and you and I hope that that becomes part of the conversation after this. It's certainly not going to happen now, but that enough people talk about it afterwards um and certainly um you know uh christian nemitz who used to be the uh you know, the kind of uh well he, uh, he was head of health and welfare health. he was exactly. head, he was head of health and welfare at the ia he's now head of political economy exactly and so um uh, he wrote a book very specifically didn't he on uh on these other systems in europe um uh, and yeah again the, the point being no one's saying we have to have the american system there are other systems that are already better than what we have right now there are um, thirty-five other systems better than what we have right now. <laughs> thirty-five, exactly, exactly. Um, but I just think that's all just going to get that's going to get lost in the noise. That's just going to get swept under the carpet. I mean, it's not going to get any traction whatsoever. Aside from healthcare, I'm I'm hoping that the just just government responses in general are going to be going to be looked at. They're going to have a look at different countries and see hope one beyond hope. Yeah, because I mean, we look at—I mean, Singapore and Hong Kong are doing pretty well, and they have tiny governments. Um, so the idea that that we need socialism or communism to solve this and a big authoritarian government is just for the birds, as, as far as I'm concerned. It's 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 ridiculous. But that was the case before this. So why does this reaction, bearing in mind that seventy odd percent or ninety odd percent of people support the current action? How are you ever going to convince them that they should be looking at a different form of government? Well, you're not, are you? It's it's why I'm getting it's why I'm getting black pilled about all this. Um, yeah, I'm, totally. Yeah. I'm 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 pretty worried about it. Um, I have I have to say, um, I I'm like everyone else. I'm I'm completely and utterly powerless. Um, but all you can do is hope that there's somebody that the 
that these scientific advisors and, and whatever um, do have some sense of, of well, I suppose the point is you, you can't just go from one advisor who who is who is a so-called expert in, in you know in one in one subject matter. Um, the chief scientific advisor isn't an expert in business and how it gets up and running again. And, and then the, the problem is is who shouts the loudest, isn't it? And so there's and, and, and it's not it's not just it's lobby. not just yeah it's not just who shouts the loudest as well. There are there are people who have come up with you know kind of opposing views and different ways of doing things but they're just they're just not getting given any time at all if you're an expert and you're saying exactly what the government want you to say and what the the, the media want you to say then that's fine they'll, they'll they'll kind of they'll signal boost that if you say anything else like maybe let's ask the question are we doing the right thing you're given no airtime at all and it's and it's it's never mentioned um, so it's yeah. it's a proper uphill battle and just you know, if 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 an authoritarian approach was the right thing to do, um, it would have stayed in China in the first place. You know, it would it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have left anyway. It, they wouldn't have you know. It's 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 crazy. I mean, I guess to the to the uh, to the complete extreme, um, you know, North Korea aren't doing very badly um, because they don't let How anybody do in. Know? Uh, well, do I, don't, know? I don't think they're, let, they're letting anybody in, are they? Um, and they don't let anybody in anyway. So I. It, well, but people do. There, there, there is travel to to and from North Korea. I'm not saying it's very much. Um, uh, and there's also there is there is people smuggling between them and and China. But I'm not saying anyone wants to go there though. And this is the point, isn't it? <laughs> um, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't believe any stats that come out of it. In the same way that I don't believe that the number of deaths reported from China is oh no at all no and 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 the the press are controlled by the government in China as well. So you can't believe any of the press over there. Um, yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody knows. Um, Is there any way we can make this end positively? I, I, I don't think so. I mean, it's. I guess from a from a health point of view, I still think it's it's not. This that, is a good question. It's it's not that bad. You know, we're still on the average of, of respiratory deaths. Are we? Um, are you and I? What would it take for you and I to sit on a podcast, whether that's in three weeks' time or whenever? What would it take for you and I to start going? Yeah, okay, maybe this is as bad as they made out. Um, so I, it, it, it even, even if it got a lot worse, I still wouldn't be for government intervention. I think if it got a lot worse, it would be so obvious that people would have to have no. to be. So at the moment, oh, no, I I'm, I'm quite happy we- with staying indoors and social distancing and doing and doing all, all of that I'm, I'm absolutely happy with a lot of what the government suggests i just don't want them to mandate it on me that, that that's been my socially issue. distancing since the 90s yeah. <laughs> yeah 30 years i've been doing it i think <laughs> i know i agree with you and I, actually we should probably um dedicate some time in a future podcast about how we think this would have happened um in a in a you know in a libertarian society um, and how the reactions of individuals yeah. would have would have helped. Well, um, people people would think for themselves. But regard, regardless of what you think the uh, the remedies should be, um, is there is there a point? How many how many deaths? Or is it does it have to come close to home? Does it have to be people you know that are in hospital with this? What would it take for you to think? Okay, we did need to slow this down. We did need. Yeah, regardless of what the health system is. The concept of flattening a peak it, you know, makes logical sense because you can only get 
a certain number of beds and workers and ventilators and all that kind of stuff. All that makes sense for the ground, whether it's the NHS or not. Um, all of that stuff makes sense if you want to try and avoid a, a rush of people all at once. Um, but right now, you and I still don't think it's as bad as all that. No, I mean, I, I think I think it is. So it, it it is pretty bad in that when it affects somebody, it's it's a lot worse than, than so even even though the deaths aren't any worse than seasonal flu. Um, seasonal flu is a lot more consistent in that you know it, it, it tends to affect like elderly people um, a lot more. I suppose you know? whereas whereas are... this this can this only affects elderly people who have issues. Um, you know, if you're if you're elderly and you're you're fit and well, it's possibly better off to get this than it is normal flu. And there yes. are lots of young people who are you know who are, who are suffering extremely badly with this and dying. Um, and, and we're not we're still not really sure why. Um, so it is it yeah. is picking people uh, for for unknown reasons at the moment. So it is it is undoubtedly a danger. And I think. Of course, flattening the curve is, is a good idea. Social distancing is, is, a, is a good idea at the moment. Uh, taking all these precautions, um, but I don't think I don't think it should be government mandated. I think I think people would people would think for themselves and they would come to their own conclusions if they were used to it and they weren't just expecting the government to, to make all these decisions. If, if you're expecting the government to, if you have the mindset that if it was really bad. The government would stop me from doing it. Therefore, I, they're not stopping me. Therefore, I know it's not bad. If you knew that they were never going to do that and they they didn't have the power to lock you in your home, you'd have to start thinking for yourself. And that's the issue at the moment. I, I People don't agree. think for themselves. Let's let's just follow this thought experiment a little bit further, though, um, and say that rather than being told restaurants, pubs, gyms have got to shut that people just stop going more slowly because they are making that individual decision. They're going, yeah. I'm not going to go anywhere where there's people because I've seen now people are getting sick because they've been somewhere with people. So it's just going to naturally stop it, stop itself. At that point there, businesses are going to start to fold. Businesses are going to suffer. Customers going to go down. And so, Actually, it will it would be demand led at that point, rather than at the moment they're specifically cutting off supply before the demand um, stops. Um, what do you think would happen with, in quotes, the economy in that situation where this was led by the collective decisions of individuals? Do you think there would be a vast number of, co- of companies would go under? Uh, and then because it would be a, a very free and open system, lots of other ones would start again or or what? I mean in a, in a completely free and open system, I think the I think businesses would be able to new businesses would be, would be able to start to replace the old ones a lot quicker and easier because there wouldn't be it would be regulation, there wouldn't be things stopping you know you, you'd, you'd see more businesses starting and stopping in general I think under 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 a pure capitalist system because there'd be you know you, you we wouldn't be able to keep alive failing businesses so you know 
businesses would fail, which would be a good thing, and they'd be replaced with, with better businesses. So you'd see that in general all the time. Um, with with issues like this, with you know, with diseases and viruses and stuff, I think you could get to the the stage where if something absolutely lethal uh, was was unleashed, then yes, you probably would see you know the economy uh, you know taking a, a massive tumble and and you know struggling to 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 get back on its feet quickly for sure i don't think that would happen with this with covid19 because i genuinely don't think it's that bad and under a completely free society we'd have you know we'd we'd, the evidence that we would see would be uh, in a market of itself and not just given to us by the government so i think people would make you know if you're fit and healthy regardless of your age you probably think you know what i'm going to take a gamble and go to a restaurant uh, and i'll I'll be absolutely fine and, and this is where i think we should end this one on now is this concept that this for a statist uh, or for someone who thinks that there should be a control of the economy which well yeah that's the statists um, this is the ultimate market beater isn't it not not that it is but it's the ultimate thing you can convince people that it is and they have convinced people everyone thinks a government mandated lockdown is a good idea everyone thinks that shutting down businesses is a good idea and by everyone i mean a significant majority of people well and I, so think, I think we mentioned they, it in the last podcast it was something like 93 percent of people agree yeah. with the lockdown when they were pulled the so, next morning by YouGov. so they've got they've got to a point where they've managed to say it's not all about the market as long as you've got us in charge we will control things for at the very least when everything goes really horribly wrong. And that I think is going to last, that's going to stick. That's going to last for a long time. And albeit I'm sure there are going to be little pockets and little conversations of things where we talk about whether or not government response or the form of government that we have is good or bad but I can see it being just the same people who had those conversations before there was a crisis uh, and not getting much airtime. And likewise, it's going to be no NHS wonderful. Look what the NHS did. The NHS built a hospital in the Excel Centre and and was able to cope with this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are obviously some good news stories like, you know, Dyson making these ventilators in 10 days and all this kind of stuff that that are good capitalist free market examples well yeah and the, um, the mercedes amg f1 team have de- yeah, yeah. Their, their, their factory now is, is just making equipment for you know yeah. for, for hospitals and that's, that's all is, they're doing which is fantastic which is absolutely fantastic i love the fact that they've that the government has gone for amazon to do the logistics for getting the testing kits out and stuff like that well so this um, is this is the positive spin we need to we need to make us yeah in, in the, the, the the private sector as always is reacting faster than the public sector ever could so hopefully People will, will, will realise that. Otherwise, it's it's yeah, it, it's it's not it's not very nice thinking, um, and it's not a positive spin to end the to end the podcast on. Certainly. Uh, well, this is it's got to be all about the private sector, which I, I again I hate as a term. I know I'm always going about terminology, but th- these these terms were invented by people who probably didn't like them, um, and so yeah, the. Uh, Whatever the free economy, it's not even that, is it? The partially free, the the owned economy. Yeah, the productive sector. Um. Yes, as opposed to coercive. Yeah, yeah, that's what's going to save us. On that note, 
um, I think we should probably end it there. Um, thank you for watching. Hopefully, if we get this in, uh, on YouTube, uh, for watching and listening to Sounding Board, uh, we are on hopefully YouTube, iTunes, Podbean, Player FM, uh, and on our website, soundingboard.com. Thanks for joining us. Thank you.